I'm sure you've all heard about it, but probably not nearly as much as you should have. I'm talking about the recent scandal involving Planned Parenthood, an organization, incidentally, that receives millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars every year to finance its dirty work of killing innocent babies in their mother's wombs. The controversy began when an undercover video was released which shows Planned Parenthood's senior director of medical services, doctor, and you can put doctor there in quotes, Deborah Nukatola, describing how her organization sells the body parts of aborted children, which is illegal in this country. And on the video, she also admits that she uses partial birth abortions when her customers want intact body parts. And she does this, she says all this very matter-of-factly, with all the coldness of a Dr. Mengele, as she's enjoying her lunch in a restaurant in the Los Angeles area, with some prospective buyers from a human biologics company. Or so she thought. The people she met with that day were actually actors who were secretly recording and videotaping the entire event. And God blessed them for doing that. God blessed them for helping to reveal the truth to the world. And you know, they really must have been great actors because I don't know how anybody with a well-formed conscience could sit there and listen to this woman's graphic descriptions of what they do to these little babies. I don't know how those people could do that, sit there, listen to that, without throwing up. Don't worry, there won't be any graphic descriptions in my homily today. Now what has sickened me even more than this video is the way that some pro-choicers have publicly defended what Planned Parenthood has done. The editors of the New York Times, for example, who are not my favorite journalists on planet Earth, no secret about that, they wrote this in an editorial the other day. A hidden camera video released last week purported to show that Planned Parenthood illegally sells tissue from aborted fetuses. It shows nothing of the sort. You know, that assertion has me wondering what the editors of the Times smoke before they write their editorials. That's my little editorial comment. Back to what they say. But it is the latest in a series of unrelenting attacks on Planned Parenthood, which offers health care services to millions of people every year. See all the good they do. The politicians howling to defund Planned Parenthood care nothing about the truth here, being perfectly willing to undermine women's reproductive rights any way they can. Ah yes, the war on women car. They love to play that one whenever they have the opportunity. It distracts from the real issue. Then of course they go on to tell us about the great medical advances that are sure to come from fetal tissue research which clearly demonstrates that the editors of the New York Times need to go back to college. 
And they need to take a course in basic ethics, because in basic, basic ethics you learn that the end doesn't justify the means. Ever. Which brings us to our second reading today, this great text from Ephesians chapter 4. St. Paul talks here about what he calls futility of mind. I love that expression. That's a great expression. Futility of mind. Listen again to this passage. And here I've added a few of the verses that were not included in the lectionary. St. Paul says, I declare and testify in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, darkened in understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance, because of their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have handed themselves over to licentiousness for the practice of every kind of impurity to excess. That is not how you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus that you should put away the old self of your former way of life, corrupted through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created in God's way of righteousness and holiness of truth. Futility of mind. Futility is uselessness. Our minds were made by God, to know truth, that's their purpose. Like the truth that all human life begins at the moment of conception. But when our minds reject that, when our minds reject the truth, in this particular case, a scientific truth, they do become, in a very real sense, useless. They don't do for us what they're supposed to do for us. Instead of guiding us toward heaven, by leading us to live lives of virtue rooted in truth, they point us toward the other place. By leading us to commit acts of vice which are rooted in lies. Or at least to support and condone acts of vice, as is the case here with the editors of the New York Times. By the way, I wonder if the editors of the New York Times realize that According to their line of thinking, according to their line of reasoning, we should all lend our support to many of those bad priests who've been convicted over the years of doing horrible things with children. Did you realize that? The editors tell us, in effect, that we should ignore the gross moral evils committed by the people of Planned Parenthood because of all the good things they've done for people over the years. Well, you know what? Many of those bad priests also did a lot of good. They helped a lot of people in many different ways during their ministries. Does that mean we're supposed to ignore the horrific things they also did? Are we supposed to pretend that those crimes never happened? I don't think so. But that's the logical conclusion you must come to if you honestly follow the line of reasoning the New York Times indicates that you should follow with respect to Planned Parenthood. See, this is the kind of thing that happens, my brothers and sisters, when you have otherwise intelligent people who are writing editorials and doing other things in the futility of their minds, whose understanding, as St. Paul says here in Ephesians 4, is darkened 
who are alienated from the life of God because of what Paul calls their ignorance and their hardness of heart. In chapter 4 of Ephesians, St. Paul has a lot to say about sinful actions, about sinful behavior. But before he speaks in that chapter about sins like lying and slander, he focuses on thoughts. He focuses on what goes on between our ears, that is to say, in our minds. Now, St. Paul did that because he understood reality, and he knew that every sin, every vicious action in this life, starts here, begins with a thought. But if that's true, and it is, then the good news is the opposite is also true. If sinful, vicious actions begin with the thoughts that pass through our minds, so do loving and virtuous actions. They also begin with what goes on between our ears. So obviously the key for us as Christians is to cultivate the right thoughts. Good thoughts, holy thoughts, thoughts that proceed from faith and right reason. Thoughts, in other words, which are rooted in truth. That's what St. Paul is telling us in the last few verses of that second reading. After he talks about futility of mind and the actions that follow from that way of thinking, Paul encourages us to allow God to renew our minds, to change our thought patterns so that we will think clearly, so that we will think the right thoughts. Referring to the way people like the editors of the New York Times think, St. Paul says, that is not what you learned when you learned Christ. I am assuming, of course, that he's been preached and taught to you in accord with the truth that is in Jesus, namely, that you must lay aside your former way of life and acquire a fresh spiritual way of thinking. You must put on the new man created in God's image whose justice and holiness are born of truth. If you are renewing your mind by praying daily, especially with the scriptures, God's holy word, filling your mind with that good stuff, if you're renewing your mind by actively participating when you're at Mass, not just sitting there with your mind somewhere else, but really listening and praying with an open heart, if you're doing that, if you're renewing your mind by exposing yourself to the truth as often as you can, by good conversations with other Christians, by good spiritual reading, by listening to good music, by seeking out healthy forms of entertainment, if you're doing all that kind of stuff, then you're putting St. Paul's words here into practice, and that's a great thing. And that will, or at least it should, make a big difference in the way you think, in the way you think about God in the way you think about other people, in the way you think about yourself, in the way you think about the issues of the day. Have you ever noticed that whenever they do a poll of Catholics on a particular issue, there's always a difference, sometimes a huge difference, between the way practicing Catholics respond and the way non-practicing Catholics respond. Practicing Catholics always support the right causes in far greater numbers than non-practicing Catholics do. They are more pro-life, 
More of them support traditional marriage and family living, and more of them oppose evils like euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. In fact, to me, the difference can be explained very simply and very easily. It all comes down to renewed minds versus feudal minds. Dear Lord, today we pray for minds to be renewed in us, in the members of our families, in all Catholics, and especially in the people who work for organizations like Planned Parenthood and the New York Times.